Welcome to the H&H Hour podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Heidi Bolt. I'm sitting alongside my sister and one of my very best friends on the whole planet, Heather Taves. Hi, Heather. Hello. It's lovely to be with you today. It's so nice to be here. We are just podcasting back-to-back-to-back episodes. I know. It's a podcast day. It is. It's so fun. Um, I've got to give a quick shout-out to our mom. Okay. She is in... Like professional full time childcare mode for me this week. I know <laughs> she has been awesome. Um, so I had I got to preach at our church this past week, which means we needed grandma. Yeah, full time almost. Yeah, yep. and so mom, thank you for just being my go to for childcare. You know what I love about that is she she doesn't see it as just helping you out. Yeah. She sees it as the call of God on her, her calling, life. Yeah. yeah, her calling. Yeah. And I love that because her calling has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, her calling used to be other things. You know, part of it was being a mom and raising her kids and yeah. homeschooling us. But then all of her kids grew up and moved out. And so her calling changed. Right. And I think that that's what God does with us. Like our calling changes based on the season that he has us in and what yeah. he has right in front of us. And so I'm so proud of her for recognizing that and yeah. just being obedient to the Lord in that. Well, it's her place in building the kingdom right now. It is. It's serving her grandkids and helping helping us to raise them so well. So yeah. I think that's so extraordinary. See, some people would see it as just an ordinary thing to yeah. babysit some kids. Yeah. For us, it's extraordinary. So thanks, mom. You're awesome. Yeah. Um, so Heather, this podcast is about highlighting the things in our lives that mm-hmm. we could see as ordinary, but that when we view them through God's perspective, we realize how truly extraordinary the stories he is writing are. Yeah. Right? Yep. And we often, um, sometimes it's just you and myself chatting, and then mm-hmm. sometimes we invite guests on to the mm-hmm. podcast. Tell us about um, why you're excited for today's guest. Oh my goodness. Okay. I have to be honest. When this person said yes, that they would come on our podcast, I might've done a happy dance. Okay. Um, because he's awesome. He is awesome. And, <laughs> and we were just reminiscing before we went on air that it's been 25 years since we met him. Um, and we started out in ministry together. So I want you all to like stand up and clap. Okay. And not if you're driving, Actually, not if you're driving, okay. but like, you know, do a little clap on your steering wheel if you're listening and welcome our friend, Ryan Capico. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. That uh, intro is a little too much buildup. I don't know if I, uh, it's kind of a scary thing now to try to live up to those words. I appreciate <laughs> the kind words for sure. I don't know. It's been, it's been too long, I guess, since you guys have been around me to, Maybe. to really know, to, to, to give the real intro. That might be it. You know, I don't know, 25 years ago. It's been a while. Can you believe that? I cannot believe it. It really um, makes me feel older than I should feel yes. um, I mean, to think, man, 25 years. Of course, we were really just kids yeah. doing that ministry 25 years ago. We, um, we were. Anyway, yeah, it's, I can't believe it's gone back, gone by so fast. I know. And so, so much fast. life has happened between uh, then and now for sure for yes. you guys and for all of us, I'm sure. Yes, yes, so much. So um, why don't we start a little bit with who you are now and um, tell us about yourself and tell our listeners who Ryan Capico is. Sure. Uh, I am Ryan Capico, and I am living in a town called Monticello, Arkansas. Uh, and this is where the Lord has me. Uh, growing up, would have never have thought this is where I would have ended up. Um, I'm a, an associate pastor at our church. 
it's a Pauline Baptist Church here in Monticello. I've uh, been around for a long time and blessed to be a, a part of the ministries there. And um, my family uh, is here, obviously, with me. My wife was born and raised right here in Monticello. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's Rebecca. And we've got four kids, mm-hmm. uh, seven, five, three, and one. L- Lily is our seven-year-old going on uh, 17, yeah. 27, 37, I think, <laughs> by the day. Um, and definitely our responsible kid takes mm-hmm. after Rebecca, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, ben, we call him Boomer. Uh, he's our five-year-old. And then Sam uh, is our three-year-old, and he is the one that um, uh, just reminds me every day that Jesus was full of both grace and truth, because we need both. Amen, I'm um, right there with you. To deal with him. Yes. And, uh, and then we have Mikey, who just turned six months old. So mm-hmm. it's, um, I tell people all the time, it's a, it's a traveling circus. We roll out the tent and throw the clowns out there at the end of the day we roll it back up and move on to the next next spot but uh, it's a lot of fun right now and that's really life between between work and ministry and family Uh, Mm. that's that's what's consuming our time for sure Mm, that's that's awesome I love that I I'm both surprised and not surprised that you have four kids I think that's awesome (laughs) sometimes we, we wake up and we think how did we get here? How did we get to four kids? I mean, I'm but, sure uh, someone can awesome. tell you how that they're, happens, they're Ryan. All unique, for sure. Did you guys? Did you and Rebecca know you wanted a, a big family? So that's the amazing thing. Um, when we were dating, of course, I was you know involved with children's ministry for so long, and my best friends and your friends too had. 13 kids in their family and yeah. I just saw how well-rounded those kids were and, and I thought yeah that's what I, I want and then we got married and Rebecca was not necessarily the kid person mm-hmm. um, and the Lord just turned that on its on its head and when wow. we had Lily she and it was definitely the Lord not that she didn't have it inside of her but the Lord just kind of flesh that out of her mm-hmm. she's super mom and i'm i'm like okay i think you know unless god's got other plans i think four is enough <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my attitude but uh anyway just you know come to the end of the, the day uh spent yeah. just about every day and it's a good you know being spent but yeah so you're uh, not you're not shooting uh, for 13 no less <laughs> you're not shooting for thir- for 13 then I'm not shooting for 13. I don't think Rebecca is either after this uh, last one where we haven't had good sleep in about seven years. So we're we're ready to get through this phase of life um, and uh, and get to that point where we're sleeping a little bit better. uh, So that means if that means uh, loving other kids in addition to ours, so we get to 13, maybe that's how we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Heidi's Heidi, her husband, they have their oldest is seven, and then they have a one year old, and a three year old in the middle. But I said to him the other night, "Don't worry, Kip. Every it gets easier." And he says, "You've been telling me that for seven years, and it hasn't gotten easier. So I'm done believing you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lie. That's just a bold faced lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll come back in a few years and remind you. So Ryan, we on this podcast, 
we um we talk about how ordinary is actually quite extraordinary and um we ask every single guest this this question so we want to know what's something about yourself or your life that feels ordinary if you'd asked me when i was younger i would have said that i have an ordinary um salvation testimony mm-hmm. you know i constantly around people that have these extraordinary stories of, you know, how the Lord just plucked them out of the depths. And, and I, I didn't have that story. And I thought, man, that's, that's an ordinary thing. Of course, mm-hmm. Lord's changed that perspective. But I'd say currently, right now, I, I think the ordinary is, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, every day is a, a battle to be a, a good dad and a good husband and a good, you know, homeowner and a good, uh, all of these things that are just kind of typical to, I'll just say American life. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like our, you know, just, we struggle and make sure that we have enough money to pay our bills and to eat and mm-hmm. make sure our kids are happy. And, and that feels ordinary when I think about there are a lot of people that are in this same, uh, same boat. And, and sometimes you get stuck in the, um, I don't know, the, the routine or the, the rut of, of just trying to survive Mm -hmm. as opposed to thriving. And I think that's a, for me that I sit there and I think, I don't, I'm not, I have all this, you know, I have faith that the Lord's going to take care of me, but there's still this, uh, kind of battle to, to think, okay, I gotta, I gotta put food on the table. I've got to, you know, meet deadlines. And and so just the, the mundane things of life, I think are, uh, definitely, you know, like everybody else, we we're, we're striving and trying to, trying to make do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so common. We hear it so often that people just feel like that cycle of life, that spinning the wheel, if you will, is, what makes them feel very ordinary. So on the flip side of that, what do you think is extraordinary about yourself? Um, if I had to kind of ball it all into one thing, I, I would say that um, the Lord has honored the desires of, of my heart in terms of the things that I dreamed of as a kid. Um, he kind of, he, not, he didn't kind of, he honored them in, in a way that I didn't foresee. Uh, and he's just writing this crazy story. I, I tell people all the time, there's, it doesn't make any sense that, uh, well, I, I'm a, I was born in Canada to Filipino parents. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a Canadian born Filipino, um, who's now an American citizen, so I'm Canadian-born Filipino-American. Okay. <laughs> not only that, I'm living in, in southeast Arkansas, uh, which is not a hotbed of Filipino uh, culture <laughs> or um, Canadian, uh, you know, citizens moving down here. And so to be this Filipino-Canadian-American living in southeast Arkansas is uh, definitely God's... Um, creativity, um, maybe sense of humor a little (laughs) bit, but, uh, anyway, I sit and I think, man, the Lord's allowed me to just experience so many great people and great 
places and things, and uh, I could have never have constructed that in in my own mind, and I wouldn't change it in any any way. And so, when I think about the thing, the one thing that's extraordinary is the things that the Lord has uh, allowed me to accomplish, almost in spite of myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just have to comment on this because. I'm also, I'm married to a Canadian, um, and he's been down here in the United States for a while, and so he's lost most of his Canadian accent, but I feel like I can hear bits of Canadian accent in your voice, but also some Southern, which is such a great combination. It's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I don't, I don't know. I end up being a product of whoever I'm closest to, I think, <laughs> at the time. But yes, I talk to people all the time, like, you are so Southern. Yep. Anyway, yep. it's just, it's weird. It doesn't necessarily match my uh, skin tone or my heritage necessarily to say y'all and <laughs> fixing, fixing to. And yeah. Anyway. It's so uh, good. Sometimes I feel like I'm the grammar police down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet you on our, our church staff. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we, we in Canada speak correct grammar. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's great. All right. So, Ryan, really, um, let's go back 25 years ago to when we first met. Um, we were both a part of a ministry. And could you talk to us a little bit about that time in your life? What led you to that place? Because um, you're right. We were kids. And then how did that prepare you for where you are today? Yeah, that's a great, great question. And. I have to, I heard you give credit to your mom. I have to credit my parents for making a choice long ago to get involved with a homeschooling group and this ministry. And, and they were longtime um, committee members and helped put on um, this these ministries in, in our area. And that really was kind of the beginning uh, for me. And uh, we really were got involved and Lord opened so many doors to, to travel. I remember one of the first places I got to go was Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, you know, suffering, suffering for Jesus. For Hawaii. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one thing led to another and got to be a part of the team that traveled around and, and put these on. And I look back and I think, man, we were kids leading kids. Yeah. And there's no way, you know, you remember, there's no way we should have had that much responsibility. No, much authority. No. Let alone our own selves <laughs> and hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment and right. vehicles. And, and uh, but it, it, the Lord used all of that really to yeah. um, ah, just show me responsibility. And, and when I think about the two things, I think that the Lord used that time for me. One was the value of relationships. Mm. Um, you know, I, I may not have survived some of those situations and times um, without people like you guys that I, I met along the way mm-hmm. that were uh, like-minded and real mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. uh, loved Jesus mm-hmm. uh, in spite of kind of our surroundings sometimes. Yeah. Yep. And it was just a, uh, it was that was the thing that brought me through a, a lot of that, and and I come out on the other side thinking, man, that that's really where it lies is in, in relationships and yeah. the importance of 
of, you know, having people in front of you that are, are pouring into you yeah. and then people behind you that you're pouring into and, uh, and then just people alongside of you that are like-minded and, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, some of that was mostly good. Some of it was, we did probably some things that were frowned upon <laughs> in the ministry, both on the road and when we were at the home base. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the, I look back in those times and I think those are what the Lord used to forge some long time friendships yeah. and, um, just kind of set a base for what I look for in, in my friendships. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, um, I, I realized quickly was, you know, when we would do those weeks of ministry and then we'd have kind of fun, the fun was the byproduct and the relationships was the byproduct yeah. of this, uh, time that we were focused on, on serving the Lord, on, on reaching kids and yeah. sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of, that's carried over into, uh, ministry and, and missions now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that, you know, we can set aside a certain amounts of time and periods of time to focus in on the most important thing. And as yeah. a result, we, we end up with deep friendships and, um, you know, memories and, and, you know, a million and one inside jokes. Right. <laughs> I think that was that was probably the thing that sticks out to me the most. Yeah. Uh, second thing I, I think is that it really um, uh, we were just responsible for so much that there wasn't a situation, you know, with uh, convention centers and churches and families and upset parents and yeah. wild kids. Yeah. There, we were just exposed to so many different circumstances that it. I look at it now and it. it I think, uh, I don't, I shouldn't say I don't get phased, but it's, it's very yeah. seldom that I get phased with a situation. Um, and because it's, it's like, we've, we've experienced that before. That's right. Yeah. The Lord allowed us to meet somebody just like this and has given some insight and wisdom. Um, again, sometimes it was, you know, we learned the hard way because we made mistakes or said something we shouldn't have. Uh-huh. Or, um, but I think it, it prepared me for, for ministry for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said two things. I'm going to add a third one. I, th- I think we, we got to be around a, um, a guy named Dr. Guthrie. And mm-hmm. he looked at life in a way. He was over our, our ministry. Mm-hmm. You guys remember. And he yeah. just looked at life in a way that everything pointed back to Jesus mm-hmm. and who he was and how he worked. And, uh, uh, he could make the, he'd just tell these stories. And we'd think, man, I you know, remember telling, do you remember the story about his, him burning his neighbor's house down? Oh, yeah. Um, and how he turned that into a, a gospel yeah. um, message. And I just remember sitting there listening and thinking, I need to burn somebody's house. <laughs> you know, so I, have a, so I have these stories. I didn't have those stories. But anyway, he caused me to, to, to look at life. And really, I think the way the Lord looks at life, every yeah. situation and everything that happens, it is something that reveals something about his character. And I think uh, I'm so grateful for that opportunity mm-hmm. because it, 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 it shaped me. It shapes how I teach yeah. and yeah. how I um, look at life. And uh, my kids are probably, when they get old enough to really realize what I'm doing, they're going to roll their eyes a lot because I think (laughs) 
I see things and I think, you know, there's an object lesson there. There's a life lesson. Yep, that's right. And, Always. Uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm grateful for those things for sure. And I, I think going through that time so many years ago was, uh, it, it's, it shaped me probably the, the thing that shaped me the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would, I would echo that for sure. Um, I I'm love that you brought up Dr. Guthrie because I was going to do the same thing and just tell you that as you were watching Dr. Guthrie and, you know, we, we came alongside also, um, we, a lot of us students were watching you. Um, you were learning from Dr. Guthrie how to be a storyteller and we were learning from you. Yeah. And I remember so clearly thinking, Dr. Guthrie and Ryan Capico tell the best stories. Hmm. And I want to be a storyteller. I want to learn how to be a storyteller. And at, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, I'm not really sure I understood the full um, meaning of that, knowing, you know, God knew this, but I had no idea that 25 years later I'd be helping lead a church and that would be part of my calling, mm -hmm. would be telling the stories of Jesus in a in a way that people could grasp them and understand them and be excited about them. And then getting to lead a whole team of people who became storytellers of the word of God. And so I love how God has just, you know, he used Dr. Guthrie for both of us. And then he used you for me to, and many others, I'm sure to just plant that seed um, in us of that, of you are a phenomenal storyteller, Ryan. And yeah. I think you really encouraged a lot of other people, maybe not even knowing it to pursue that passion and that, that craft really, um, and to work on it. So thank you for all of those years of your faithfulness in that. Uh, well, thank you. I, I, that's, uh, it's, it's humbling and exciting all the same. I think, uh, only the Lord knows, only the Lord knows what's, what comes from things that we do and, and try to, uh, try to attempt for, for him yeah. and, I am so serious when I say a lot of times those things are happen in spite of myself <laughs> um, because I can't say that even during that time that I was um, ah, just young and, yeah. and yeah. you know world domination was my yeah. was my goal yeah. you know and wanting to just be the new the very best and yeah. and sometimes. Uh, you know, the, the, I look back and I think, ah, there were times I didn't do it. I didn't do it for the right reason. And the Lord uses those times right. because we were talking about Him. And yeah. So anyway, I, I don't, definitely don't want to take any of that credit, but I appreciate you, appreciate you sharing <laughs> that for sure. Of course. Of I course. think guys hearing you talk about it, I was a little bit younger, um, so that you guys did ministry for a few years until I entered the scene. But the thing I think about it, Ryan and Heather, is the kingdom impact, yeah. that the ripple effect that is still happening today. Yes. Um, you know, I, yeah, it, sure. I would think of the teachers that you guys led mm -hmm. who then served the kids. And I think of those lives that were impacted, me being one of them. Mm -hmm. And then I go on to the children that we got to share the gospel with. I think of those children. You know, we probably are not going to know this side of eternity. Yeah what that impact really looked like. Yeah. But I think it is very substantial. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ryan, I just think of the vast amount of little souls that you got to be a part of pouring into and on such a magnificent, magnificent scale. Uh, that's so profound. And I think the reason 
God allows that is just because you were willing, mm-hmm. not because you were perfect, mm-hmm. not because you had maybe the right heart in every single scenario, but because you were willing and you were just this young guy that was like, okay, Lord, send me. And, um, I think that is really important for someone listening to, to pick up on for both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys were these young kids leading this really important ministry, but you were willing mm-hmm. and not everyone yeah. was, mm-hmm. not everyone was willing to make the sacrifices you guys made, yeah. um, to go and do what you did. Yeah. Um, cause it wasn't super glamorous, no. you know, and it wasn't like you got a lot of glory for it. Mm-hmm. But the kingdom impact has been really profound. So I just think well done for both of you. Well done. Thank you. I mean, there was there was the really cool factor when you got the walkie-talkie to wear on your belt clip. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember. I remember trying, working so hard to be able to carry the walkie-talkie. And then I finally did. And never let it go. I, I think I still have one stashed somewhere. Oh, hilarious. Probably oh can. my goodness! I mean, for real, okay. you just felt like you had arrived. Hashtag you, got- oh, you yeah, are sort of sure. <laughs> That is awesome. Okay, and I also just have to say, like, you influenced my storytelling, but you also influenced my taste in music because there was this one time when there were like five of us crammed into your car, and we went around the block like eight times just so we could finish listening to a Colin Ray song. I don't, there's, I don't really want to talk about that. (laughs) There's there's probably so many things that, uh, there's quite a few. Listen, what did I do? Listen, that was so mild compared to what most kids our age were getting into. So it's all good. Well, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Colin Ray on the scale of, (laughs) of bad to worse is is probably on the lighter side. Oh, my goodness. All right. So talk to us a little bit about after those years, what did your career and your ministry journey, what has that looked like? Yeah. So uh, towards the end of uh, my time with that ministry, we were able to um, develop some character education curriculum. um, And we started piloting those in public schools. And Mm. one of the, and this is part of the whole God story here we piloted one of those programs in Warren, Arkansas, which is about 20 minutes from where I live right now. And uh, uh, we piloted that, developed a a relationship with um, the superintendent, the principals, and some of the teachers, uh, that when it was pretty clear that the Lord was moving me on to the next thing, and at the time didn't really know what it was, I... uh, I called the superintendent of the Warren schools and asked him if there was something I could come do for a year. I thought maybe I wanted to go into education, uh, but I wasn't really sure. And so he said, yeah, come on down. You can help us kind of launch our character ed program in the school and do some tutoring on the side and help with some other uh, kind of program type grants and, and those kinds of things. And so I came down to Warren, Arkansas, um, 1997, 98. And anyway, long story short, I ended up staying six years there mm-hmm. at the school 
uh, doing character ed and getting my degree in uh, middle school education. Hmm. Now, it didn't take me six years to get my degree. Okay. I was there six years, <laughs> but it didn't take me six years. It felt like six years, mm-hmm. but uh, I got my degree. And uh, again, I could tell you, man, just stories of what I thought was the, the, the path I was moving down. I thought I was going to be in Warren. Like I said, I invested six years and and gotten to know people and families and teachers and uh, interviewed with the the committee there. And and seven out of the nine people on the committee were uh, friends of mine, people I thought, man, these people are in my corner. I felt like a shoe in for the job, but the Lord had other plans and moved me to Monticello where I am now. I ended up getting a, a job there and it was it was the perfect spot to start a teaching career and I taught seventh and eighth grade uh, English and uh, career orientation and media communications uh, for six years um, and got involved with the church I'm I'm, um, working for now on a volunteer basis and uh, one thing led to another got involved with their kids and youth program and started interning and working part-time, and, and like I said, I ended up on full-time staff um, at the church, uh, and that's been almost 10 years now that I've been wow. at the church, involved in the church. So uh, one thing, like I said, led, led to another, and, and it definitely wasn't the path that I had in mind as a, a seventh grader with mm. dreams of being an NBA basketball star. Um, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't change it. I mean, obviously, I see where the Lord Lord, Lord took control of it. So Yeah, yeah. that's so great. We often say, because you know this, but we're in local church ministry as well, and we often say that it's brutal. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, it's not, it's never easy. Um, we wouldn't expect it to be, but it is so beautiful the things that come out of it and things that God does in community in the in and through the local church so what is something for you that I mean I'm sure you can understand that everyone in ministry understands that statement yeah. that it's it's brutal yeah but what is it what's something that has kept you there because 10 years is a long time to mm-hmm. be the part of you know a part of the same local church I just I applaud you for that that's yeah. amazing but what has kept you there like what has caused you to persevere through the parts that are br- brutal well and i think you i think you said it a minute ago the word community uh is the first thing that comes to mind this you know outside of my family who by the way my parents followed me to arkansas from oh. canada uh, and so all of our families both sides of our families are are within literally two miles of, of us, which is which is is uh also brutal yeah. um, but uh uh, no, I think community is, is the thing that really, when I put my finger on, on lasting uh, in church and in ministry is uh, just being around people and being um, real and transparent mm-hmm. and uh, um, being able to go deep with um not everyone, obviously, but, but yeah. some people, and yeah. that's kind of what's tied us. And, and this place, for me, has become home. Uh, the population here is not over 10,000, mm-hmm. uh, but it grows by the day mm-hmm. uh, in the people that we get to meet and, and the things that we get to have, get to do. And 
Um, it's kind of a, a blank canvas here in terms of ministry and how we do ministry. And so mm-hmm. we love to learn from other, other people that are way ahead of us. We're big Andy Stanley fans and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we read a lot and we think, man, we, how do we apply that to our context? And, yeah. mm-hmm. and it ultimately rolls back to community and being able to pour into uh, community you know, specific people in our community, but also the community as a whole and being able to give them a new, maybe a new definition of what church should look like and what church Mm. people should, should be. And so, I don't know, I guess the community, but then also the, the ability or the, the freedom to create um, community and create things in the community that add value to the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, those are the things that kind of stoke my passion and, and, and keep me here for sure and yeah. and help you wade through some of the mess that we get into with yeah. um, people and, and ministry in general. Yeah, that's, that's, Good. that's awesome. I love that. One of the words we use a lot in our community, in our church community, is the word among and that when you're among the people and you're not just up on a stage or up on a platform, but when you're among them, you said it yesterday, Heidi, when you're looking them in the eye, when you're sitting across the table from them, when you're communing with them, when you're really in true fellowship with them, when you're among the people, that's where real community happens. Yeah, that's right. So, Ryan, um, before we started talking, we were emailing back and forth a little bit. You had mentioned something that really stuck out to me. You said God is working something out of you, this need to compete, this comparison, this need to do something bigger and have more people and have it be a bigger platform. Can you talk a little bit about that? And and I loved what you said. You said, our time needs to be redeemed and rescued. So talk to us about what you meant when you said that. Yeah, I, I think that the struggle for me, and, and I said it earlier, I, you know, world world domination was was my goal. And not because I wanted to be the best. I just wanted to accomplish a lot and and want to be known for those things. And, yeah. you know, my reputation was something that uh, was, you know, we did things so that we would end up having a good name or I did things. Yeah. And, and you get into church work and you tend to compare yourself. You, you mm-hmm. hold yourself up against what other churches are doing, especially yeah. in a community like ours. Um, but then you, on a larger scale, you look at what other churches are doing. You think, man, you know, they're either, they're so far ahead of us or, you know, we're far ahead of them or they're behind us. Yeah. And, uh, and then that started just translating into family and personal things that, um, you know, bigger, faster, more, um, all of these things that we tend to fall into in life that I think we miss out on um, what's right in front of us Mm -hmm. and the people that are in front of us and the lessons we're supposed to learn right Mm -hmm. in front of us Mm -hmm. and the impact that we can have because we're, we're striving. And, uh, you know, Paul says, Paul wrote it to the Ephesians. He said, we're supposed to redeem the time because the days are, are evil. Mm-hmm. Another translation, it says, right, we're, we're supposed to make the most of every opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, I had gotten to a point where I 
I was trying so hard and we were so busy and, and still am. This is, like I said, Lord's still working this out of me because we're, we're burning the can, candle at both ends, mm-hmm. uh, you know, both ministry and, and family, um, that we need space. We need space to, uh, see who's around us. Mm-hmm. And, um, I read a, a quote that, uh, oh, just today, in fact, I, I'm going to, I'm going to read it to you because I don't want to mess it up, but it's in this book called The Art of Neighboring. Mm, yeah. uh, great read, and I'm only 50 pages in, but it's it's great. It says, in this life, we can only do uh, a few things really well. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea to make certain that one of those things is what Jesus says is most important. And what, you know, he, he goes on to talk about the, the what, you know, what was the greatest commandment? Mm-hmm. greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God, right? With everything you have mm-hmm. and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And he's basically asserting that we get to be so busy. We don't have time for, to do everything well. The things we should be doing well are the things that Jesus said were the most important. That yes. was loving God and loving others. Um, and I'll read you another quote from Fort Berg. And, and it, this really resonated with me in, he coined the phrase, John Orford coined the phrase, hurry sickness. Hmm. Uh, it says, love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Love always takes time, and time is the one thing hurried people don't have. Yeah. And I think about, I think about my kids and how we live life, and I want them to know how to respond to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. when we're in situations with people. Um, and if we're too busy and trying to get to the next thing or we're trying to make the next appointment, um, I think we miss those, those times yes. where the Holy Spirit may be saying, Hey, offer this guy a ride or yes, hey, yeah. get in conversation with, uh, this guy. And, and there have been times, you know, I go and we go in spurts. I go in spurts anyway. I, I, sometimes I actually have the wherewithal to stop and, and, you know, have this conversation with somebody and my kids are there and they're experiencing it. And afterwards they'll say, man, dad, why, why did we give him a ride? Mm-hmm. And gives me an opportunity, you know, to share, Hey, Jesus loves us. He wants us to love other people. And, yeah. and you know, he'd say, kids would say, man, he, he smelled bad. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, sometimes people get into situations that they uh, can't get out of, or maybe they make a bad choice, but Jesus wants us to love them. And those, I, and I think I, I use that example because it's only happened a few times. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. I want that to be all the time. I want my kids to, you know, go out in public and, and be aware of who's around them and how maybe the Lord wants them to, um, you know, interact and influence and challenge. And, uh, and I think sometimes I used to get stuck on, I just, I, they want money from me mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, and I gotta, mm-hmm. gotta and I don't always want to give the money or, and it's not, it's not that it's, yeah. it's responding in each situation to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And, right. and so for me, that's how it's working out of me is, is trying to build in space in my life to, um, show my kids how to live walking mm-hmm. with in the spirit mm-hmm. and 
doing it myself. And I say it's working out of me. I, I, I'm failing miserably mm-hmm. on most days mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that. But I, I think that's where our families are. I think that's where we are. Yeah. Uh, we are so busy. Yeah. And sometimes we label it as family time too, mm-hmm. guys. I, yeah. I think we, we, we mess that up and we say, I want to, I want, you know, and it's good. Those aren't bad things. I don't want that to be misunderstood. Family time is not a bad thing. Yeah. But I think we make an idol. I think Francis Chan said that. We're, yeah. we're busy making idols of family yeah. uh, that we're missing out on the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I think a lot of our families, my own family included, we are busy trying to make an experience and not experiencing mm. uh, life and and. Exactly. And this, like I said, I'm only 50 pages into this book, but it's wrecking me when it comes to knowing my neighbors and having space to, to get to know them on a deeper level. Wow. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's where I am. And I don't, it's a process. I don't have the answers and, you know, I sit and look at the to-do list and, hmm. and I think, okay, how do I, how do I make intentional choices to get out of you know some of these things to make that space but it's yeah. a tough thing it doesn't happen in a day and it's not like you just <laughs> throw it away and start over because right. there are people uh, expecting things and there are you know Sunday is coming and yeah yeah all of those all of the things you guys that resonates with you guys I'm sure yeah um, yeah well and I love what you said about well, first of all, just the busyness. Don't you think that it's such a tool of the devil? Like he's got us, if he's if he can keep us so distracted and so busy, even with good things, we won't have time to pause and listen and take a break and really be in tune with the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. we're so busy and there's so much noise going on. I think mm-hmm. it really has to be an intentionality for us to recognize that that busyness is is possibly the work of Satan in our lives. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the lost, um, I, I don't know, aspects of, of the Christian life is that we're, we're in a battle. We're in mm-hmm. warfare. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, Satan would love nothing better to, to destroy our families in the way, ah, the easiest way for us is let's add one more thing. Let's do yeah. one more. Thing. Let's go one yeah. more place. Let's play on one more ball team, and yeah. all of those things. Again, I, I, I'm not against. We just started t-ball this spring. Yeah, we're loving it. Ben yeah. and I are loving it. But yeah. there's a, there's a, that's there, so we can leverage it for the Lord. Yes, relationships, and um, when the t-ball becomes the most important thing, then we're then we're falling in, or we're losing the battle. But Think, uh, I think we, you're right. I think we have to realize that Satan's at work, even in the good things, uh, trying to turn it, turn it on its head. Ryan, I think that's such an important conversation. Um, I think it would be so easy for, um, specifically men, to hear someone like you, who has basically been in ministry and in roles of leadership forever, for decades now, and. You know, they look at you, they see that you're a pastor, you're a husband, you're a dad. And to know that even you, someone who really has achieved a lot of extraordinary titles, if you would, um, that even you have to fight 
to make sure your family is taking time to experience the Holy Spirit. Um, and kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, but what would you say is something really practical that for your little kids, because your kids are young, what's something really practical that you're able to implement into your everyday routine or your weekly routine that helps them begin to understand what that looks like for you guys, where you're not allowing busyness to be an idol and you're giving space for the Holy Spirit to lead your life. What's that look like? Boy, that's a, that's a tough question uh, because, like I said, I, I feel like I'm, I'm failing on, in this on most days. Um, I, I think and the word intention, intentionality is probably the right word. It, it's going into every situation, every t-ball practice, every meeting, wherever you're going, just being aware that uh, the Lord may have something for you in that moment. Yeah. And, um, and I think for little kids as a, as a dad, knowing that we have, we have to get in the car after the T-ball game. Hmm. And there's, there's an opportunity every time to kind of rehash obviously how the game went, but how, and for Ben and my five-year-old, when we come back from T-ball, he's constantly telling me, well, so-and-so said this about so-and-so, mm-hmm. or they said this about my whatever. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, it would be really easy at that time to say, well, don't worry about it. Just don't, you know. But I think helping process where people are, why people, um, you know, interact with, with others the way they do and, you know, one of the things that my pastor always used to say was hurt, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And that really kind of opened my eyes to, you know, there's there's a reason that people, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's it's against principalities and powers. There are things that work in that person's life. Yeah, that's right. And I guess helping my kids process those things and not, um, well, and this seems like such a, churchy pastor answer thing to say but really to respond in a way that jesus would respond yeah yeah um but that's oh that's as practical as i can get i I really need the holy spirit in every in every situation in every conversation um and you know the um saying no to me is another practical thing Mm -hmm. you have to I wish there was a profound thing I was about to say, but really making your priorities, making the most important thing, the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and every organizing everything after that yeah. in, in the right way. And sometimes that requires being no, mm-hmm. uh, saying no to, mm-hmm. to lots of things. Um, what did they call it? I read it. Actually, again, I'm referring to this awesome book, but, um, talking about eliminating time stealer mm-hmm. oh it's the art of elimination yeah and uh, you just have to learn how to eliminate the things that are just making noise for no reason and there's yeah. no positive outcome for those yeah. those things um, again not a, I don't want to be that guy where people t-ball is evil um, television is evil or mm-hmm. you know 
those are all things that we're fine. We need rest and relaxation and time to unplug. But yeah. um, sometimes saying no is, is the best thing. Yeah, that's that's really good. I love what you said about just your story about the t-ball thing. You know, we've got our oldest is 11 and he plays on a travel team. So we're at that stage where, you know, the the level of play is a little higher. The stakes are a little higher. The expectations are a little higher. And we had to come off of the field this past weekend and have that conversation in the car with our 11-year-old. You know, it doesn't matter if they're five or they're 11 or they're 16 or they're 21. Like, I feel like as a parent, Mm -hmm. those conversations are the most important thing that happens. Mm -hmm. Not the game, not the, you know, if they won or they they hit the ball or they struck out or whatever it is. It's the conversations that happen on the way home, reminding them who they are, where they find their identity, mm-hmm. um, and how to walk away from every single situation saying, what was my role and how did I respond? Yeah. Um, and so I love that you're having those conversations, you know, at this T-ball stage, because it's crucial. It's crucial for them to hear our voices at that stage and at 11-year-old mm-hmm. stage, too. Yeah. Well, and Ryan, yeah, absolutely. The, the thing I hear is when you said you wish you had something profound, um, I do think that is really so profound because we're living in a time in history where actual good communication is becoming not, not an extraordinary thing. Like it's becoming um, something that's not happening because we're, there's so much engagement in being on your phone or being connected on a social media platform that true conversation is not happening like it should be. And I think that we as parents raising kids right now, we do have to be intentional about those conversations because otherwise in a generation from now, we are going to have groups of people that do not know how to communicate Mm -hmm. and don't know how to work through those conflict situations that at five years old on the baseball field, they experienced because we've not had those face-to-face conversations. So for me as a, a mom raising littles and for the listeners, I do think that what you shared is profound because yeah. if we're communicating to our children and we're helping them understand, hey, as a family, what do we say yes to and what do we say no to yeah. in order to fulfill God's call on our life, yeah. that is profound. So I, I think that you're doing maybe a much better job than you maybe even are giving yourself credit for. <laughs> I'm going to need you to tell me that once a week. If you could just give me a call, shoot me a okay. text. Okay. <laughs> um, no, don't shoot me a text. That's just, no, it's against the point. But <laughs> no, um, no, I think it's good. I think it's good. That's awesome. Okay, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to end on something sure. fun. Um, tell us if something is on your bucket list. Oh, man. I, I, you sent that question ahead of time, and I said, I'm going to be prepared with a really good answer. <laughs> I don't have just a great one. Travel, of course, is something I'd love to see. Um, Ryan, right now, is it just a full night of sleep? uh Oh, yeah, it might be. It might be a full night of sleep. That's a a bucket list for sure. (laughs) It's Um, coming, friend. That's awesome. Well, Ryan, I am just so happy that you took the time to be with us and to share your story, and we so appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you guys. I appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm grateful to see uh, how the Lord's using you after all these years and how you're 
leveraging who you are for him. And uh, can I just say one thing before we leave? Please. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, one of your podcasts, and I think his name was Nate. Yeah. Nate yeah. Roberts. Um, I think I'd like to uh, make a recommendation that you take that one down because he's making the rest of us dads or husbands look bad. <laughs> he talked about a perfect date, going to Target and listening to his wife. And listening to that, I was like, okay, I've got to do something about that one for the sake of the rest of us losers out there. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was a great, great thing. So much of what he said was good, but I thought... I'm going to say something about that big guy. I don't even know him. He's a stranger to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good guy. Bad, well, here's a tip. You could just Google search great date tips, and maybe you'll find some. There we go. That's what I need. That's what I need right there. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you so much, and we will catch up with you another time. All right. Thank you guys so much. All right. Bye. 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 Oh, Heidi. I felt like I just went back into a time capsule <laughs> of like just reliving and yeah. remembering really where the love of ministry started for me. Yeah. And just Ryan nailed it when he said it was about those relationships. Mm-hmm. And they really are, you know, it might not be somebody that we live nearby or that yeah. we're in contact with every single day, but just those bonds that were formed. And he's not kidding when he said we were children. I mean, I was 15 yeah. when I started in this ministry. Yeah. Um, and then when I became a leader with the walkie talkie, yeah. I was barely 18, yeah. maybe still 17. Yeah. Um, you know, and here we were leading people all the over 15 the 15 year olds yes, to lead yes. the six to 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's how Chris and I met, you yeah. know, we met one of these seminars. And so just to see, um, and there were some hard things, yeah. there were some really hard things mm-hmm. and we were held to a very, very high standard. Yeah. Um, a lot of rules that had to be followed. And, yeah. you know, now I don't, I don't necessarily agree with all of it now, yeah. but I look back and I think that, um, what it did was form in us. And Ryan said this too, like, like we experienced things and had to put up with things and walk through situations that as a, you know, 39 year old, I'm like, wow, how did my 17 year old self handle that? But we did. And God was so faithful, um, to give us those opportunities and to prepare us for where he's got us now. So absolutely. It's always fun to remember what God has done Mm -hmm. for us and through us. And, um, and to I, see all the threads, yeah, like to see everything that God already knew, yes, and we didn't know in the moment, but what He was using, the thread He was using to to create this tapestry of yeah. our lives, yeah. I just it reminds me truly how much we can trust God to be so faithful to us um, in every single season, from the big things to the small things. With are, are you choosing a career path right now? You know. I would really challenge you, stop sweating it and just start asking the Holy Spirit to direct you and believe that he will and and he will show up for you. And yeah. it's in the little things too, like when your three-year-old is melting down for the 15th time today and you feel like, God, I cannot do this one more second yeah. and hit your knees as a mom or a dad and yeah. go, God, I need you to intervene in this very difficult small moment relatively because yeah. he will. He will. And so I do love that um, Ryan is such a humble guy. It, you know, truly, if we had been able to sing his praises of what he was able to accomplish in all of the young adults that he got to lead and continues to lead and the children that he'd got to share the gospel with, 
I mean, the impact is really, really profound. Yeah. Um, so I just, I love to see other people in, you know, our age group doing ministry for Jesus still. Yeah. Cause there, it is easy to get so discouraged. Yeah. And, um, you know, it reminds me of the apostle Paul who people were hating on him. People were stoning him. And yet Paul was like, Hey, we carry on. This is for Jesus. This is for people we carry on. Yeah. So yeah. Well done, Ryan. What a fun, what a fun conversation. So good. I loved it. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you have um, any prayer requests or just want to shoot us a message and tell us an episode that you loved. I love that Ryan mentioned what episode he listened to, what he loved about that. Um, Find us on Instagram or find us on Facebook. We love it when we hear from our listeners. And even if you don't know us, you know, we read every single message. Um, We try to respond to the ones that we can and we just... We want to know what's speaking to you. And so thank you for listening. And we also want to thank our sponsor for today's show. It's Pure Bliss Hair Studio and Day Spa. And it's in Peoria, Illinois. And we are so excited to be able to partner, Heidi, with a place that really cares about making women, helping women feel better about themselves, helping them feel that their slogan is, you know, they want you to feel better Mm -hmm. when you leave Mm -hmm. than when you come in. I know I butchered that completely. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) You get my point. Yeah. Um, and so, Heidi, talk to us a little bit about that because you actually go there and you love what what happens when you go in there. I do. Yeah. So the the owner of this spa is so, she's so awesome. You know, the people that when you're around them, even if you don't know them well, you feel better having yeah. left their presence. Yeah. She's one of those people. She's awesome. And I love how she treats her staff. So just the way she interacts with her staff is what actually made me want to be a part of yeah. being at that hair studio. Yeah. So yes, definitely check them out. They're at pureblisspeoria.com. And um, they're of course here in Peoria, Illinois. And I do know that people actually drive from quite a ways away to come. Mm -hmm. So they were voted the best of the best in 2017 and 2018 for hair studios in this area. And if you're a first time client, you get 20% off just by mentioning that you're an H&H listener. So take advantage of that. Total fun perk. So great massages, great hair, cuts, colors, whatever you need, check them out. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.